everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome, everybody, to the Future of Insurance podcast series. And I'm thrilled today to have Brian Strang from Canada Life joining me today. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me, Denise. Brian, I always like to start these podcasts out with giving a little bit of background on yourself, your role at Canada Life and our partnership, because it's a small community. Insurance is, but not everybody knows everybody. So could you give a little bit of background? Yeah, happy to. As you called out, my name is uh, Brian Strang. I'm the Director of Learning and Business Development Solutions at Canada Life. Before that, I spent a little time in our organization on the business development side, worked in our strategy department, and then have found myself in this role for the last number of years. And that started with a big project, engaging with you folks at Global IQX and Majesco. And really, my role has been primarily focused on that business development solution. So providing our business development teams, all the tools and everything that they need to do their jobs effectively working in partnerships with brokers, advisors, and clients. And I've been with Canada Life now almost 10 years, which is amazing how fast that time can go. For us as an organization, we've been around for 175 years, which I always like to, yeah, I always like to throw that out there because we've been an organization longer than Canada has been a country. So deep roots, and we'll we'll touch on the problems and the mainframes and everything that comes out of that, I think, here today a little bit. But I'm really excited to be here with you today chatting about all things insurance. So when we talked, Brian, one of the things that we talked about is when you began looking at the initiative that you guys started out on, you wanted to really look at it from the potential and what future clients needed and what are the hurdles that uh, there are in working with them. What are their pains on that front end? What was it that really kind of focused you guys in on looking at that front end for clients? No, it's a great question for us as an organization. And I think this is like many insurance companies, you know, back in the day when there was all the mutual companies, hundreds of them over time, a lot of acquisitions, mergers has really created multiple systems, multiple ways of doing things. And that includes within our own organization, uh, coming together of different business lines. Uh, So focusing on the group space or the life and health, life and annuity, for us, really, it's been about we've worked with advisors and consultants for many years, going from the the napkin to, to quoting more formally. And then over that time, in terms of engaging with folks, the measure of success is about speed, accuracy, wanting to do things more quickly so that they can serve their clients and we can serve clients more effectively, more efficiently. And so for them, a lot of times the pain points have a lot to do with manual processes, people power, right? We're a people business. I don't think that will ever, ever change, but we want to spend more time doing the higher value work. In particular, I think a lot of times it's that thought leadership when advisors or for us sitting down with clients, sponsors, there's really a focus on providing needs for their members, uh, for their organization. And you want to spend your time 
not filling out employee applications. You don't want to be spending your time sifting through all the, the nitty gritty. You really want to focus on delivering that experience that helps you retain those employees, that helps you build better bonds with your team members. So I think those potential and future clients, those hurdles really we start to get bogged down in those legacy systems, paper. And so the more that you can refine those interactions to take away the burden of the manual work, you open yourself up to getting to the higher order work and delivering a, a better experience. One of the things that I think is really important is that digital experience and focusing mm -hmm. on that front end. And in particular, with what your initiative has been about and what we're doing together is really that front end for quotes, for the enrollment process, and for the underwriting. And that really has shifted expectations and competitive differentiation, both for uh, with your employers that you work with your customers and their employees, but also with the brokers and advisors that you work with. Talk about how that has really shifted that view on that front end from a, a digital experience, but that competitive differentiation it's giving you guys. Where do I start, right? Like, it feels like there's so <laughs> yeah, where many. Do you start? <laughs> where do you go, right? When I think about the experience of that front end, I think a lot of organizations, ourselves included, we really often think about the plan member, right? When we have any particular client, and again, speaking sort of from that group business, you know, we really go, okay, well, that member, what, what's their claims experience? What's their experience calling a call center or submitting a claim, and that experience of adjudication and the speed? And, you know, we spent time there. But it's interesting because those aren't often the decision makers, right? So we need that world-class experience, but really it's also that B2B. And that starts with the plan sponsor, that starts with the advisor, the broker, the consultant. And so trying for us to think more about that led to sort of a lot of work validating a lot of different vendors on conceptions, on rebuilding that front end, right? Because it, it really kind of starts there. Long, long before you have a client, you have an RFP or request a quote. And long before that even too, we've got our own internal partners, our, our pricing folks, our actuaries, our underwriters, and that interaction with our frontline business development folks. And so sort of like I was speaking to in the beginning, you want to be able to focus on the value add. You want to speak to the products, the differentiation of what we do as a carrier compared to others. And so again, spending less time in the back and forth with underwriting, getting that quote, spend less time back and forth with the advisor, maybe with lack of accuracy of their expectations in terms of specs and what we return to them. And so if we can really speed up that and increase the accuracy of that front end, that then becomes the differentiation for our business development folks, our town executives, in working with those employers, advisors, and ultimately the members of their plans. And the more, again, we can get to getting the slug work out of the way, the more there's time to have conversations around meeting of needs, benchmarking, a lot of these other things that start to come into play. And, and now, instead of spending the time sitting down with someone going through that work or back and forth with underwriting. It's our own team members that then yeah. get to spend more time speaking to the product, speaking to fitting needs, solutioning fundamentally. You know, there's a little bit of irony there, business development solutions <laughs> where, you know, yeah. for, for the team that I lead. And then alongside with the learning and development folks really building out first-class 
training and modules for our own folks that sit alongside these tools so that we have a really impressive frontline of, of sales and service for those advisors. And again, that digital experience has really been empowered through the work with Global IQX and Majesco, bringing those best of breed solutions, you know, to go from the, what we like to call the homebrew, we had a lot of homebrew solutions, right? And so to shift those to digital solutions, shifting that experience for them, it's the start, right? The best yeah. way I could say it again, right? It starts with an RFP before they're a client. And if we can make that experience good, it gives the impression of all the great things we do once you are a client. One of the things that we talked about is that oftentimes many insurers, when they're looking at their transformation and they're looking at really kind of digitally engaging their customers at a different level, many kind of start on the back end, oftentimes mm-hmm. in claims, because that's, you know, it's a big pain point for insurers. We, it you, is. Know, <laughs> you know, it's a huge pain point, but it's not necessarily setting an expectation of an experience with a customer because it's kind of at that point where it's a tough call. You know, it's the point of real value. How does that, if focusing on that front-end experience that you guys are doing, set the expectations for back-end and really almost kind of put it at a higher bar because it's more than just processing it digitally. You're really setting a whole different kind of engagement and expectation with the employers, with the employees, and, and with the advisors. It's not an easy one. And it's not to say that we're not we're doing some incredible work on our apps and the way that members engage with us. I really think about, at least in the early days, and a lot of the planning that went into looking at that overall architecture. We have a fantastic digital team, but we have a lot of legacy debt. (laughs) We use that word a lot, right? And that has to do with multiple systems, that has to do with all kinds of different tools that we've layered on and on. Uh, We like to call it the spaghetti bowl. So when we map the architecture of our mainframe systems to our claim payment systems, to the adjudication systems, you know, some of these run on mainframes, you know, not, not surprising there, just like a lot of the big banks, a lot of the other insurance carriers. And when you start to dig into it, it's a really Herculean task to start to go, where do you start? How do you get in? And what sort of became very apparent for us as we dug into that work was if we can't ingest on the front end in a digital way, we're always going to be plagued with the, the manual lift and the hands that have to touch everything line by line, row by row. And so it made a lot of sense to start there, improve that and digitize that experience. You know, and I'd love to get into the details of that in a moment, uh, what that really means. But when you think about the back end, you can improve the back end, but it doesn't get you the lift. When you improve the front end, it gives that lift. That lift becomes more obvious to your customers. It's much more obvious to your teams. And if we can start to do it in a way that sets us up for success, it's almost like you you do all of these pieces around, and then it's going to make it a lot easier to get to the center, which seems maybe a little counterintuitive, I think, Denise, right? Like you go, oh, well, you got to improve the mainframe and, and then you build everything around it. But that main, when you think about it that way, that mainframe is so interconnected. So to give you just some, maybe a cut deeper, by working with Global IQX and Majesco, we're not just getting rid of our underwriting tool. We're not just getting rid of our quote generation engines. 
there's all of these other little trackers in between. There's all of these other little systems that bridge other systems that we're also eliminating with this work. And so you start to make, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. It was a very easily digestible, very easily sellable to senior leadership as a proof point. And again, we're doing it in a couple different areas of our business, but that mainframe one, you know, when you say, how much work is that going to be? What's the cost? It's hard to estimate. It's hard to not feel like you're going to boil the ocean where well, you can pick off these little pieces, right? I, I think about it like we're rebuilding the front door in the foyer, right? It's easier yeah. to get in. We still have the challenges within the house, right? There's old plumbing, there's old yep. electrical. You're improving that curb appeal, right? You're starting to take down some walls. You're starting to see what's in there. So we have a much clearer understanding now of even what some of those other components might look at, but we've done it in a way that's going to deliver tremendous value for our external partners and within our teams that will free them up to have the capacity to continue coring deeper into the center. That really gets to, I think, starting with that front end, the sales and underwriting enrollment aspect that you guys have really offered, offers a tip of the spear to jumpstart transformation and not have to, what I kind of call, boil the ocean that you're mm-hmm. changing all of your big core in the back end. You're really setting the stage with this front end at a much more rapid pace, but giving that whole kind of different experience and engagement. And it really offers you an, an opportunity to learn from that as you go into the more difficult and complex areas. Yeah, right. And I think, Denise, too, there's an argument in a perfect world, right? You'd be a brand new digital company, right? You'd build your mainframes in the cloud. If you had to do it all over again, how would you do it, right? Or even, frankly, you know, all the different times, I'm sure, through the 80s and 90s that someone said, ah, we should probably do something with this mainframe, right? What would that cost? (laughs) Ooh, oh, that's a lot. No, 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 we don't need that, right? And that buck kept getting pushed down the line, right? And now there's fantastic organizations like you folks, a lot of these third-party vendors out there with incredible platforms that are being built to help the insurance companies get at these challenges. And so the ideal, like, you know, again, perfect world, you do it all, right? You do one big swoop, you move everything over, boom, like, you know, life's fantastic and amazing, but it's in the execution. The execution is where folks fall short. And I'm not saying that, you know, we won't get there one day. And again, I'm not saying, you know, we're doing other little piece across our business to rebuild a platform and a digital stack that's going to serve us really well. But I come back down to what can you execute and what can you execute in a time frame that starts to show that value that gets wins for your customers. Again, get, gets those wins, gets folks that tip of the spirit, right? I like the way that mm-hmm. you, you phrased that, right? It starts to, you get the wins on the outside, but I think even internally with senior leadership, they start to go, Ooh, well, hold on a second. That's pretty cool, right? The insights that we're getting, the, the way that we're doing that, the business case looks so crisp and it's so easily deliverable. You get that win, that's the feather in your cap. And then that can translate into creating the snowball effect of continuing yep. that growth. And then, you know, when you look at partners like yourself, you offer a lot of different solutions. There's a lot of folks that are already chomping at the bit for me saying, hey, how's that project going along? This is good. You, you guys are almost done, right? Uh, <laughs> what else can Majesco do, right? They're ready. They're, they're chomping at the bit and you still have a little more work to do. But as that comes to fruition, I think it, it builds on that momentum, the tip of the spear. Easy wins lead to bigger battles that you can get even better wins from. I think what it does is it helps validate the strategy. It helps validate that 
organizations can actually effectively transform and it validates the partners that you're working with. And so those are all the kind of those big risk factors that most organizations fear going into a big transformation initiative and starting with that tip of the spear really helps to kind of manage that and gain confidence that you can really kind of accelerate to your point, Brian. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So talk about why you looked at Global IQX sales and underwriting platform and what was key in the technology that you needed and what are you seeing as the early business value? You know, we went through, you know, a large organization like ours, very lengthy RFP process, looked at all kinds of of things, right? You're looking at the scalability, you're looking at the underlying technology, and you're looking at the fit. In particular for us, what made Global IQX seem like such a a great fit for us as an organization? There's a good culture fit. I think that's really important not to be underestimated. And then I think largely in part, they had a really firm and strong grasp, at least for us here in the Canadian market, of the whole case underwriting, the way that we experience rate, that to be bold, we weren't going to pay a vendor build it. We're paying the vendor because they have it. And I think that for me, at least, and again, I, I can't take all the credit. I certainly was not the sole decision maker, but I think for us, you know, insurance companies were kind of known for being conservative, right? We're not the first most to the cheese, if you will, Denise, right? And so it's sometimes good to be the second most, right? For us, that really through the RFP process really became apparent that it's been proven, it's been done. We're one of the largest carriers here in Canada and in particular in the market small, medium case market, that high volume market, we are a a dominating force. We have twice the sales of our next closest competitor in this space. And that volume, the, the business case just made so much sense. And so we needed a partner that had that deep experience. You know, again, back great technology, great stack, but really was a proven commodity in that Canadian market with those right tools, with that right culture fit. And that translated to a successful RFP from you folks to start partnering with us. And that work's been underway for a little while now, really with that focus on that sort of out of the box, right? And again, there's a lot of customization. There's a lot of incredibly talented vendors out there. We wanted somebody who's done it before has done it well, has done it a number of times and could help us execute while at the same time doing a lot of work. I know you folks are really big in that AI space, bit of a buzzword, machine learning, maybe take it down a notch that we could say solves our problem today, but we're also set up for that best of breed vendor for the future. Because going through work like this, you don't want to do it every five years, right? You want to do it once, you want to do it well, you want to work with somebody who can be there with you as you grow can get those improvements because that's, we want that, right? We want those semi-annual releases that just bring new value. Every time you're improving your platform, we're winning in that and we're winning together in that, right? It sounds a little like, oh, well, that just sounds so rosy and perfect. And you know, it's not without its challenges, right? You have to blend that out of the box solution. You know, there's a little bit of custom work. Well, like UX is a really cool sort of three-tier yep. sort of system. So you're not really getting that configuring more than you're customizing, but there's some opportunity to 
customize. We've done things up to the way for a very long time. You can't jam the business into the technology solution and you can't jam the technology solution into the business either, right? That's how you're going to go down that customized route. And then you're just going to get stuck. And then 20 years later, you're doing the whole thing again because you've backed yourself in a corner. So long-winded way, Denise, of answering that question, but it's led to a lot of success partnering with you guys today and really excited for continuing that into the future. But I think something that you said, Brian, is something that not everybody always thinks about. And that is, is they're looking at what their needs are today. And yes, you might be looking at some of the needs for the next 12 to 18, 24 months. But one of the really key factors and one of the reasons you want to partner with an outside solution provider is because of their roadmap and what their investment in the roadmap is Mm -hmm. and their focus on what we call relentless innovation. That is really what I think the point that you were making about all the top conversation around AI machine learning. There are some new capabilities that are coming out with Global IQX that leverage AI and machine machine learning to better help kind of understand the right fit, you know, for the different products within the benefit plan for employees. And those are the types of things that are really important. And how do you guys kind of look at those innovations around the AI models, you know, that are coming out with Global IQX here? To get back to kind of tying this in a little bit here, right? So you got the tip of the spear starting here. A lot of the biggest challenges for folks is execution. We want to improve that experience. Got to start somewhere. It's actually been sort of really fascinating. We actually aren't using a lot of that yet. And it was intentional, but we have definitely seen it a bit demoed it for us. It was like, let's focus on those bait. Let's, as you put Denise, right? We don't want to boil the ocean, but I think we're that AI and all of the components and all the work that you're doing. It's like gravy, right? Because if we can digitize, structure the data, get into all these things, solve problems almost with sort of the basics in mind, then everything that we build on top, everything that we just naturally gain with a best of breed vendor instead of those homebrew solutions. You know, we're an expert in insurance. We're an expert in that risk management. Let's partner with folks that are experts in these other spaces. And so I'll pick on one example because I think it's a good one. You guys have a phenomenal AI census scrubber, we'll call it. I forget that mm-hmm. you have a nicer maybe marketing term for it. Yeah. But you know what's really funny, Denise? What? Your solution to just upload an Excel and with a couple clicks, it identifies the headers, it identifies that. And we took what was an incredibly painful process and the solution that you folks had probably developed five, six, seven years ago was quantum leap in the ability for us. That win right there was almost easier to say, hey, let's not put too much change, right? Because I think the other side of my team, that learning and development, right? It's also about the people, right? Like we chatted about the beginning, it's still a people business. And so trying to do it in stages, think about it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We're starting at those fundamentals, right? We're building resilient systems. We're working with a partner. We're thinking about how we ingest that data. We're structuring it. We're building it all out. Everything else is just going to flow so easy. I think folks get too enamored with the, oh, you know, AI is going to solve it all, right? <laughs> and it will, Denise. I, I'm, I'm quite confident. But only if you have the data. <laughs> but only if you have the data, only if you're structured in a way, right? It's still a very physical world. You know, I think folks, when they go, AI is going to take over, it's going to be this and everything. It will be incredibly powerful, but it's still, we still get an advisor who sends us an Excel, right? And right now it's easy to go boom, 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 and it's in, right? versus manually typing it in, like, boom, you've leapfrogged. We're just going to be able to continue to leapfrog, right? And it's almost like, again, when you think about senior leadership, you can manage the expectations, you know, you're under promise and over deliver. We have those modules contractually 
basically ready already to go, Denise. So yeah. we're just waiting to pull the trigger. And then again, once you've done that integration with a vendor, it's like flipping a switch. We train our teams, they're ready to go. So we're just going to keep getting these wins. And that's how you build that successful execution, uh, in my opinion. Just expanding a little bit on that data aspect. One of the things that you and I talked about is one of the reasons to focus on that front end is to really get the data at the front end that can really help not only optimize the front end and generate hopefully more sales, but also can really help on that back end because it's going to give you a lot of new data, you know, that you can use with some analytics, even AI machine learning and insights that you never had before, like detail around quotes or tracking the life cycle of clients. When did they start the process? Did they finish it? All of those types of things. And that creates a real opportunity to really kind of leverage those insights and say, do we need to change something on the front end? Do we need to change the benefit plan or some of the products or kind of that enrollment process to try to get more people to kind of get through to the end? That's a real opportunity for you guys to really kind of way leapfrog the competition even further. <laughs> you can't see me, um, but I'm nodding my head <laughs> as you were talking there, Denise. Yeah, I mean, that you get the win, you improve that experience, you improve that experience for advisors or clients, right? Everything that we've chatted about top this podcast, then you back it with that data, right? You capture this all, you funnel it into data lakes. And I'll tell you right now, I think, you know, there's the winds of improving the experience, the speed, the accuracy. It's what we're going to be able to do with all of that data. You know, we've already got some early things that we're, uh, we're playing around with. And I think where it comes to life, and again, I got to keep going back to the tip of the spear analogy you <laughs> used, Denise, right? You want to know how you get your other departments, right? Because this has been a cross-functional project, right? It's not just your technology yeah. teams. It's not just business development. It's not just your actuaries, your underwriters, the folks that set up, right? Your plan sponsor services, your internal teams that are putting these on the mainframe and, and managing them. You start to talk to all these folks and you go, hey, well, we can capture the data of what our competitors were, what we did, the life cycle of that client, right? And I'm just scratching the surface here. Every one of these different departments starts to go, oh, well, like I could do this with it. You sure can, right? Well, I could do that with it. Oh, well, I mean, if we had that understanding, here's how we could price it. Well, here's how we could underwrite it. Well, here's how we could start to manage these on the back end. Here's how we could start to support these clients through making sure we're right-sizing our call centers and, and just start to see that trickle through. And you get all of these folks and departments going, well, here's what I could do with that. RFPs won, lost, the clients that flowed through, the renewals that you had, the clients that ended up leaving, right? And folks leave, right? When we start capturing all those insights in that life cycle and we start applying it across our business, that's the one where you start to have people go, I'm behind you on that. And again, right, you talk about that execution, right? You need that support across the business. And for us internally as a team, that's the one we get the most excited about. Those insights and what we are going to be able to do with that data this year and, and into next year. And as we continue our partnership with you folks through the whole life cycle, that's going to be the game changer for us and really in the marketplace, how going to be another piece of how we differentiate ourselves. We're a dominant player in that space, like I mentioned today. This is just taking it up another level to making sure we cement ourselves in that space and continue to deliver that first class experience that's got us here. Another tool in our toolkit, another feather in our cap, and couldn't be more excited. 
it's going to be fun to see the rippling effect of being able to leverage the data and the oh, yeah. advanced analytics into other parts of the organization and how it will shape and adapt strategy and execution and priorities, you know, for the organization to just continue to raise that bar. It's going to be fun to watch, Brian. It is. I can't wait. <laughs> What I always like to do at the end of the podcast is ask everybody the same question and no pressure here, but we've only had three or four duplications in all the podcasts that we've done. If you could use one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? I'm going to show a little bit here of my inner data nerd. And it's not as maybe inspirational, I think, as some words that other folks choose. I'm going to go with uh, structured data. And for anybody out there that right away, you know, my, my spirit animals, anyone who gets excited hearing that word, and I'll tell you why, Denise, and we've touched around it and said it in some different ways, really is when we can capture that data in a really organized, factual, predetermined formats. Again, legacy mainframe systems. We have narratives, right? We have that. We don't have predefined structure. We have multiple different versions, right? Huge array of, of formats. It's basically going from your qualitative to your quantitative. That's the start, I think, for a lot of insurance organizations, right? I say organizations, right? It's the carriers, it's the advisors, it's the sponsors. You structure that data, structure data, is what's required for machine learning. It's what's required for AI. It starts to put things in logical ways that you can then draw insights out, right? It's, it's instead of all the pieces of paper, right? The most unstructured it is, it's, it's digital, it's formatted. That gets me excited. I think, especially when you think about this work, these projects, what my team's doing, what our organization's doing, you structure that data, you have everything sitting in a format that's readable, scannable, that's how you're going to elevate. That's how, you know, a lot of folks go, oh, the Amazon model, or, you know, you, you point to these technology companies, right, that have built mm -hmm. their platforms in these ways. Our 175-year organization, <laughs> we structure that data that starts to open up limitless potential, unlimited potential, and I couldn't be more excited. So that's my word, Denise, uh, structured data. Hopefully that's not a repeat. I don't think it is. <laughs> But it really goes back to something that I've said throughout most of my career, and that is, is that data is the lifeblood of the industry. And so I think we're just now have the technology and we now have the understanding that we really have to manage it as a strategic asset to really give us those insights. And, it, and it's an exciting time, Brian. It is, Denise. It's been great having partners along the way that bring their expertise along with the expertise of our organization to get there. Again, when I look forward in the future, right? Again, our, our industry, we're a little bit behind PNC. We're a little bit behind the banks. We're catching up quickly. Use the word excited. Maybe that could be my, my second word, just excited, but that kind of comes through maybe in this whole conversation today, Denise. Yeah. yeah so really appreciate you having me. Yeah, we appreciate the partnership with Canada Life. Very excited about what you guys are doing, helping you continue raising that bar from a competition standpoint and looking at what you're doing is really kind of setting a new bar for everybody from a competition standpoint. So very honored and very excited to be partnering with you guys and looking forward to a really fun a year ahead between us. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right. Well, thanks, Brian, for your time today and your insights. As always, it's, it's fun talking to you because I think we both are a little bit of data nerds sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. You too, Denise. Take care. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. 
Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.